Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and now tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Down court, Anthony Davis. Sledgehammer at the other end. Now Caruso runs a break. Here's it home, LeBron. And there it is. He just became the third leading scorer in NBA history, passing Kobe Bryant. Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This thing is so scary. We don't know anything about it. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Welcome to the Hang Time Podcast. I'm your host, Sekou Smith, here in Atlanta. We are grinding our way back to the start of the NBA season, July 30th in Orlando, team by team. Today, we're taking a deeper look at the Los Angeles Lakers with my main man, Brad Turner of the Los Angeles Times, BT. The schedule makers in Orlando didn't waste a second, cranking it up right out the gate. Lakers, Clippers, (laughs) I mean... Is, is that what we need, you think, to get back that opening night to make sure we got those two teams? And you know what? I'm going to say yes, because they're going to make sure everybody will be watching. They're going to make sure that everyone in L.A. will be watching. And if I want to make sure to see if Pat Beverly tries to poke LeBron James a couple <laughs> of times, get him a little bit upset about things, and knowing Pat the way I know him, he'll say something. To LeBron and knowing LeBron the way we know LeBron, he'll do something back. So yeah, as far as entertainment, the NBA, ESPN, TNT, right on schedule. Lakers, Clippers. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah, you're right. Um, this is about LeBron, of course, uh, for the Lakers. This, you know, it's, it's always going to be about LeBron. What do you think, BT, is his mindset right now going into this process you know the, the seeding games what the importance of those games are for him and this team to kind of get back into a groove because they were playing so well before the, the season shut down where's LeBron at in terms of framework mentally you know from talking to some of his teammates over the last month two months they maintain that he is still committed to winning an NBA championship for himself for the Lakers for his teammates for the organization, for Jeannie Buss, for Kobe Bryant. I mean, he hasn't stopped working out. He hasn't stopped texting guys on a group text where he's been engaging. He's been funny. He's been serious. He's been everything you would want a leader to be. So he's about this. He's about trying to get that championship. He's about trying to lead actually not only the Lakers, but lead the NBA. And not just the NBA, he's leading the sports world. He's leading everybody. I mean, the guy stuck his toe into NASCAR and made comments about that. I mean, so he's not avoiding anything. 
But for him, the main thing is playing basketball, staying in shape, which he's done, making sure guys are training and they're committed to what they have to do and they're staying focused. So he's not someone that I have absolutely any worries about. He'll be ready. The schedule in Orlando for the Lakers, um, third toughest, I think, by winning percentage. They handled the books and the Clippers on a, on a Friday night, Sunday afternoon matinee before the season shut down. They had also beaten the Sixers and the Pelicans in their most recent games before the season shut down. Is there any concern at all schedule-wise for this Lakers team, or are they really focused on a bigger goal and just that that game-by-game minutia for the seeding games? No, I don't think the schedule is an issue for them or something that they're concerned about. I think if they have one thing that they have on their minds, that's just staying healthy. Keep building that chemistry back. Try to head into the playoffs after playing eight games, building, maintaining, staying healthy again, and not worrying so much about wins and losses in the first eight games, but more about how are you playing the games? How is everyone coming together, coming back together again? Those are their main concerns and the main things they talk about. Because if you win a game, lose a game for the top, Four seeds, does it really matter a whole lot? Be honest. Yes, you don't want to go zero and eight. You do want to win some of those games. Right. But you just want to build and you want to stay healthy. That's very important. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers have, and you mentioned the chemistry, they've already established kind of a hierarchy on this team, obviously, with LeBron, AD, Kyle Kuzma, I guess, being that third score. Um, You know, roles for Rajon Rondo and other other veteran guys. I'm wondering, BT, does not – having to worry about the Clippers and Staples Center and what that would have been like. Maybe having an opportunity to do this away from L.A., does, is that a benefit to the Lakers or or something that's going to hurt them? I'm going to say it won't hurt them, but you have to re- remember, when the Lakers play their home games at Staples, they have their fans there cheering for them like madness. When they play the Clippers on the road, you hear the fans cheer when the Clippers make a basket. And they cheer when the Lakers make one, too, because the Lakers are just that powerful. There are no boos for the Lakers when it's their quote-unquote road game. You know, so it's different because now you're at a neutral site. You won't have fans cheering, booing for either side. It's like playing pickup ball like we did back when we were kids. You call your own fouls, talk a lot of trash, talk about somebody's <laughs> mama, a brother, a family member. <laughs> You might hear some of that again going on out there, but just being on the neutral court down in Orlando at Disney World, I don't think it gives anyone an advantage. You know, it's just going out mm-hmm. playing your best basketball. Yeah. You, you talk about pickup games. Anytime I'm looking at a LeBron James team, I'm wondering what kind of crew does he have. And he likes, for whatever reason, LeBron likes a motley crew. He likes to take some parts that nobody else would take right. <laughs> and, try and, and try and will him to win. J.R., Markeith Morris, mm. Deion Waiters. Mm. I mean, is this, is this a classic LeBron team that, that you can see <laughs> getting to that championship round just to make up for the roster? Man, you mentioned a whole bunch of names, man. And I'll start by this, by going back to the Lakers' glory days during short time. They had a guy named Michael Cooper. A little, kind of wild. You know, so every team seems to have a bunch of players or a group of players that are – you know, can be challenging, can be different, can be can go against the norm. And LeBron seems to love that kind of stuff. I mean, it puts him 
seems like on alert all the time. And having the guys you mentioned, Marquise Morris, Deion Waiters, let's not forget Rajah Rondo. I mean, it, it makes sure that um, everyone is always focused in tune. It doesn't happen all the time, but it, it makes sure that you also don't become bored. Because he's going to have his hands full. Yeah, board, board, I don't think, will be a problem no. for the Lakers. Um, you, you mentioned something earlier about LeBron and the social justice issues that are all over the country right now and around the world. And you talk about LeBron's ability to step in and be kind of a symbol for not just NBA players, but for athletes in general. What is, what is the responsibility, you think, in Orlando when we hear about players wanting to do something social justice related, um, wanting to, to make statements. Where does LeBron and the, and the Lakers fit into that mix? Because Chris Paul has talked about it, obviously, um, being the, the head of the Players' Union. What What's LeBron's role going to be in that respect when we get to Orlando? That's a very good question, Sekou. I wonder if he will sit back in the beginning and just listen and try to get a gauge of how everyone feels. I mean, everyone looking at some 300 plus players down there. So they all all not going to think the same thing and they shouldn't, the individuals. But at some point I can see him speaking up and trying to find out what the voice will be for everyone, not just for him, not just for the Lakers, but for every player, for every organization, for every team, what do they all want to do going forward? We already know they've talked about not having their last names on the back of their jerseys and choosing something else to make a social statement. And as you said, Chris Paul and LeBron James are really good friends. I don't know, but I do wonder if the two of them spoke about that as a way of making sure they don't let this movement pass without them doing something. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I do wonder also the support for Avery Bradley. Um, mm. This being such an individual decision for each and every player to uh, to make a choice about whether or not they want to go to Orlando and put themselves in, in a position to make that choice. Has LeBron voiced any kind of support for the guys like Dwight Howard or or everybody who have come out and, and made statements saying that they might not want to be playing in Orlando? No, LeBron hasn't publicly said anything, but probably based on what I've been told by a few people, he supports Avery because he, LeBron has kids too. So he understands what it's like to have a family and I have to go through the times of missing them throughout the season. So he respects what Avery's done. LeBron also respects Dwight Howard, knowing that Dwight really has changed his image with the Lakers. When, when Dwight got there, I was one of the many that thought it was a bad decision by the Lakers. Well, Dwight has proven me wrong. And the idea now that he has some reservations about playing again, and those are his reasons. And because of that, LeBron is someone who is a leader who listens. That, to me, makes a great leader when you're willing to listen to your teammates, listen to other people, and gather information. He always says that. He wants to be informed about things. And those two players, Dwight and Avery, have left the Lakers know, LeBron know where they stand, and his respect for them has not changed. Interesting stuff. I, one last thing on the Lakers before we break. Frank Vogel's name is often, you know, on a second tier when you talk about the Lakers. We always talk about LeBron. We talk about AD. We talk about play. We talk about Jeannie Buss, front office, rappling. Frank Vogel's done a, a hell of a job in a difficult position this year, BT. How, go how good has he 
been in terms of just managing the situations that these Lakers have, have dealt with? And how do you think he adjusts whatever he's done once they get to Orlando in the bubble environment? Look, I think he's been great. We always talk about a player's coach. Well, what he's shown to me is that he's willing to listen to his players. He's willing to be engaged with his players. He's willing to give them a voice doing the games, doing the practice on the best way to get the most out of them. I mean, so he has been forgotten. And in his view, that's a good thing. He just wants to coach the team, do his job to the best of his ability. And think about this. The Lakers have the second best record in the NBA. Right. The best record in the West. No one thought that would happen when the season started. Now we have the restart. And I'm sure Frank will find ways to keep his guys engaged. He's talked to them throughout this whole time. We, there have been no games. And so I have no worries about him. The biggest thing I just hope that they can avoid and every team can avoid is injuries. I mean, I, I guess that would be the biggest issue for anybody, too, is the unknown. I mean, the injuries, uh, medical issues, COVID-19, all of that is a very real possibility. But I guess if you, for the Lakers, when you had the type of season they had, I guess you got to bake all that into the cake anyway, right? You know that could be a possibility. Without a doubt. I think every team has to do that. But the Lakers know that they haven't played a game since, was it March the 10th, I think mm -hmm. it was, when they played the Brooklyn Nets and the season was set, shut down. So you have to slowly work your way back into it. And because of attrition, there are going to be some little small things that come up. You just hope it's not too serious because now if it becomes too serious and you're out for a week, that could be three games, four games. That's a lot to miss in a short season that we're into right now. No doubt. We are with Brad Turner of the Los Angeles Times here talking Lakers on the Hang Time Podcast. We'll take a quick break and BT, we're going to come back and play a little game. Oh, okay. Welcome back to the Hang Time Podcast. We're here with Brad Turner of the Los Angeles Times. And uh, BT, with the NBA season resuming at the happiest place on Earth, you know, in Orlando, we want, want to make sure we have a little fun with the lightning round here, questions and answers. And we're calling it the keys to the magic kingdom for the Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh. So first and foremost, let's, let's get this one out the way now. What is the beauty and the beast scenario for the Lakers in Orlando? Ooh. Which matchup is a beauty for the Los Angeles Lakers? Ooh, wow. Hey, cool. You're coming hard with that one. Well, let's just go with the, with the, uh, the very beginning. The damn Clippers. <laughs> Why not? I mean, that's the team everyone says you have to beat in the West to get to the NBA Finals. The Lakers were one and two against them during the regular season. They won that last game. And one guy you can never forget in all of this is Pat Bev running his mouth. That makes this just a great matchup alone. And then you have LeBron saying, nah, man, shut up. Get out the way. We ain't having that. So that, that's got to be it for me. That's the beauty matchup. What, what's what's the, the beast matchup for the Lakers? What's the one that they, they got to be a little nervous about? Man, you know, a team like Houston, they played them when Houston went really, really small. They traded Clint Capella, and the Rockets came in with that small ball lineup, and they beat them in L.A., the Lakers are pretty much a big team with A.D., Bell McGee, LeBron. 
So it took a little bit of adjusting, and they never quite did that. You know, so trying to play a small ball team like that, that can create problems for a team that's so big. Orlando, everybody knows Orlando's the happiest place on earth unless you're paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who's most likely to take the players' lounge ping pong too seriously for the Lakers? Ooh, too serious. Rajon Rondo. <laughs> you don't want to lose that nothing, man. And he would let him know that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a perfect spot for Rajon Rondo. Which Laker will be the rowdiest fan at an opposing team's game? Oh, Jared Dudley. Oh, God, I mean, totally forgot about him. Jared just didn't talk that trash. <laughs> And the fans are always yelling back at him, like, you don't even play. And his response is, neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> well, who do I mean, who would he be cheering on? Whoever the Clippers are playing, I'm assuming. All right, he's going to bark at, uh, who else? Pat Beverly. <laughs> 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 because that's the guy you have to bark at. They respect Pat to the highest order, but Pat talks that trash, which makes it fun and engaging. And entertaining for all of us. I, I know the Lakers have a bunch of guys who they think are fashion plates. Um, hmm. Who's most likely to keep their fashion game on point in Orlando? Man, oh man. You know, LeBron will have something. But the main guy, Paul Kuzma. That's the fashion plate model looking guy. <laughs> Good looking young man. Heck yeah. Got to be him. You got to basically have like 90 days worth of fashion to, to make it all the way through from start to finish. It's gonna, <laughs> yeah, you do. It's going to be interesting. We got the king. You know, Le- LeBron is going to Orlando, as you as you mentioned, is the, the face of the league. He rules them all if... If they all stay committed to the process. I don't think they're going to have any problems staying focused. Finally, BT, fairy tale ending. The Ooh. Lakers hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy if what? Ooh, man. <laughs> if they beat every team. <laughs> it's simple, that one. But I know what you're saying. If they are playing their best basketball heading into the playoffs and once they get to the NBA Finals. Brad Turner, I, I know you, you knew this was going to be a wild season when it started, but I guarantee you had no idea it was going to be this crazy. Um, None. Zero, thank you. <laughs> We appreciate you, BT, as always, man. Great stuff. We're going to see how this thing plays out. We're going to all sit back, see what happens, see if the Lakers can finish the deal and make dreams come true. Appreciate Brad Turner joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. We're bringing you detailed reports on each and every one of the 22 teams headed to Orlando for the restart of the NBA season. We'll see you next time. matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... 
Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.